Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real-world tips, tricks, and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family, and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. On the podcast today, I'm speaking with Ellen Hooper. And when we were chatting, we were talking about uh, job sharing and also then a portfolio career. These are two really big topics. So what I've done is actually split the recording into two episodes and I'm going to release them really close to each other. So after you finish this uh, episode, then wait or, you know, just then go straight into the next episode. Job sharing, portfolio careers, they're really great um, conversations. So today's all about job sharing. And Ellen Hooper is, does lots of things. She's the mum of two, an executive coach, the co-founder of The Growth Collective, who specialise in workshops and training for new and emerging leaders, and also... She's, at the time of recording, the chief people officer at a community-owned bank, a role that she job shares. She is actually going to be stepping away from this job and going to be the, and doing the Growth Collective full-time. So Ellen has a range of background and experience, and as you'll hear, she's also a recovering lawyer. I really hope you, if you're interested even a little bit in job sharing, even just about Ellen's journey as a mum and a working mum. I love this chat with Ellen and she's got so many gems of gold. I really hope you enjoy listening and of course as always be um, be great if you could leave a rating and review and yeah let's get into it. Welcome Ellen, welcome to the Working Mother podcast. I'm so excited to finally have you here. We've been talking for quite a while on the gram and on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for joining. You're so welcome. I'm been really looking forward to this. So why don't we just kick it off? Those that don't know you, how would you best describe yourself? Oh, that's always the funny question of, you know, which, uh, which identity should we put into the room first? So I've got, I'm a, I'm a mum. I've got two kids, a two and a half year old and an almost six year old. And I'm obsessed with people and organizational dynamics and culture. Now, what's been your career journey to date? Cause I know you've not had necessarily always the traditional path, but I, I guess these days there's not really a traditional path, is there? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a jungle gym as Cheryl Sandberg says. Yeah. I started my career as an a lawyer, as an employment lawyer. And then it became clear to me that I love studying law at uni. I, I really love learning and, and I loved I love the pursuit of learning that comes with a focus on 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 law and what it is, what law means. But when I worked at a big corporate law firm, one of the great things there was that there was a lot of training and development. We used to do this thing where we would use the Myers-Briggs framework, which is a kind of personality quadrant methodology. And at the start of every training session, the facilitator would like put the quadrant up on the board and then like ask who was in the room and what their profiles were. And there was always this real cluster of introverted thinkers. <laughs> and I was always down the bottom by myself as this extroverted feeler. <laughs> um 
And so, I, yeah, I, I really deliberately made the move from employment law into HR, which was actually a harder transition than than I kind of expected it to be. So I like to talk to people about it because it's a, a good example of how like you just make the best next step because it can be really hard to make the jump from where you are and where you want to be. And that can be really disheartening, especially when you, like I felt so I worked a lot with HR practitioners. I kind of thought, I thought I knew what their day jobs looked like. I felt really confident in my transferable skills. But, you know, now working in people and culture and looking to hire, like, you know, it's a big, it's a big risk to take on someone who's never done the job before. And I think that's often in career transitions where we face ourselves, trying to convince, the, the, trying to convince someone to take a chance on you for the first time you've ever done that thing is really bit tricky. So yeah, really the transitional steps are really how I got there. So I moved in-house to an in-house legal role at the Department of Education. And that was really fun giving legal advice to school principals because you had to be like fast, practical, useful. My fun, my favorite story from there wasn't, I focused on employment and discrimination, but the kind of team next to me did a bit more kind of holistic work and the best call was when the prince blue went look we've got this magpie these magpies keep swooping the kids and like so we've got these ice cream containers that they've all been putting on their hands to like cross from one building to another building she's like are you sure we can't kill them (laughs) that one's you know that's just so you know after being like you know working with mining and like big corporate it was so it was so fun the kind of like really practical religions you got I don't I don't know what the legal advice was in the end and I don't know if the magpies are okay or not but yeah did we get the RSPCA uh, it would have been it would have been a genuinely really complex legal situation but it just was that great interaction between like real lives and using your knowledge of the law in a way that was really useful and the department was, I got my big break into HR. So from the legal team, I, someone took a chance on me and I moved into the HR team there. And then I slowly kind of moved away from the industrial relations kind of compliance parts of people and culture. So I started the employee relations team at the National Disability Insurance Agency at, when I was pregnant, actually. I have had a bit of an unconventional path in that I've been pretty happy to do things that the conventional wisdom would tell you not to. So I was, I, I made a really deliberate decision because I was, I was looking to move roles and my husband and I had, had just started trying for our first baby. And I really went, I'm just going to put those two things on two different pathways. And if they coincide, like what great news. Yeah. And if they don't, you know, then they don't because both things are inherently uncontrollable. You know, I, I, I had the experience of like, it taking quite a long time to find a new job that I really wanted. And then, you know, also kind of understanding that conception is a bit of a roller coaster. And so, of course, those two things came through at the exact same time. Yeah, as always the way that you try and think, oh, no, they're going to take ages. Yeah, so, you know, you got the job over one week, got the got the pregnancy test the next week. So, yeah, and I, I'm, I made that move and... I was really, I was really clear with the place I was going, which was the NDIS, who were, you know, um, great about those things. And but I do acknowledge that working the area I do, like they literally hired me 
for their people and culture compliance. Like that's not the person that you discriminate against yeah. about pregnancy. So I, d- I like, I acknowledge the privilege that comes with my skill and expertise <laughs> in kind of moving through parenting and, and workplaces. It's definitely not everyone's experience. And I do, I have over my career got a lot of, could you talk to my friend about being made redundant on parental leave or, you know, what do you think about applying for a job and, and trying to have a baby? And I, I know that, I know that the experience I have isn't the experience that lots of other people had, but that was a really great six months. Like they, they got a lot out of it. I got a lot out of it. It was really clear, you know, the time period that I was there for. It was actually, there was actually a real benefit of being able to reset expectations in a new job to just really manage the pace during pregnancy. And that's very unusual as well. Yeah. So I really did get to go, hey, I'm actually going at a bit of a slower pace. No one has any expectation of me and the kind of pace that, that I go at. And I have found that, you know, the top tier law firm pace <laughs> that I was used to and then kind of really winding that back in the, but in the public sector, I think even at my, <laughs> yeah, my slowest pace, I was still, you know, I wasn't, definitely wasn't moving too slowly for them. So it was a really nice fit. But, and so that really helped. And then after that, I, I also did something that unusual, which is I started a new job on returning from my parental leave. Uh, I started in that organization at subsidiary of Monash University for quite a number of years, but I went, I started there full time and my husband took three months off with Oscar. And that was a really lovely transition because I got to start the new job and the return back to the workplace and just deal with all the crap that comes with that and not have it inflated or conflated with all the crap that comes with starting childcare because that happened later like and that was hard but I see a lot of people and then there's this kind of crisis of confidence of like oh my god I've done I've done the wrong thing yes thing conflate together so I got uh, both with both of my kids the opportunity to like split those distinct challenges out and so then being like quite clear what impact each of them had and I I think that's like a really useful way to do it if anyone has the opportunity to to structure themselves like that and then when Zoe after I returned to work with Zoe I kind of made the big call to go out on my own and I had been thinking for a number of years because I am a long-term planner about how the hell I was going to have a kid in school yeah (laughs) and work and I love working and I have I've worked full-time up until very well I still work full-time but just in a different way and I was just kind of looking at my employment arrangement which was no like it was a flexible work environment it was a supportive work environment but I was just like I just don't think I just don't think this is going to work and I'd, I'd also been really driven to Work in a bit of a more autonomous way. So um, I made the big call to go out on my own and run my own business, offering executive coaching and HR consulting. And by that stage in my career, I was pretty set up pretty well for that. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the twists and turns of life. One of my clients I'd been doing a lot of consulting with had a vacancy in the chief people officer role. And my business partner and I had both were both in there as consultants. And we just established our business, The Growth Collective, which offers leadership training for new 
and emerging leaders and Bank First, where we where we are now, said, did either of you want to <laughs> do this job? And we kind of thought about it and we just launched this new business and it was really in its establishment phase, but we, we'd really fallen in love with this organization and particularly its executive team and its purpose and its strategy. And we're just really trying to go and we're like, okay, we're coaches. We can, we can work through this. Yeah. (laughs) We can find a creative solution for this. And so we worked through a a job share arrangement, which would let us run the business in the non-work days and let us work, run our business, the growth collective, and let us work in this executive role in a job share arrangement. So it's got a bit of uniqueness to it in that we actually in the business together, in the, in Bank First together for two days out of the three that we both work. That's amazing. So two crossover days. And that was really important for two reasons. Firstly, it really matched the operational rhythm of that organization. So, you know, there were board meetings on one of those days and exec meetings on the other. So it it matched the organization, but then it also allowed us to have this one day off together, which is on a Monday, where we can then work in the growth collective together. Because that was a thing that we just couldn't, we couldn't get our heads around. How are we going to keep um, our business running. Our, our business is really set up to run itself in a lot of ways. Like it's not, it's not kind of, it, for us, it's trying to break the connection we have between our time and income, which was very much what consulting was like. And that drives, you know, all kinds of behaviors, especially, you know, as a recovering lawyer. So that's the like, that was the tricky, sticky piece that we, we couldn't get our heads around. But when we kind of unlocked that, hey, we could actually do two days at Bank First together. And then that would mean this. Yeah, that, that started to make it a really, really viable option. And like absolute kudos to the board. <laughs> And the CEO that we work with, because they were like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> and no, and no questions, nothing. No, they was like, okay, we'll work through the logistics. But I was really ready. I was really ready to have kind of a more robust discussion about it. But I mean, I always joke that we'd just done the world's longest job interview, you know, because yeah. I was with them for three to four months and they had seen how we worked together. But, and look, once again, being in the people and culture space, there's this real view of like, well, you guys are the experts in this. So if you think it's going to work. Let's give it a go. You can make it work. Yeah. And so just on that, how do you make your job share arrangement work? Obviously, you've got two days a week in, in that role because yeah. you're the head of people and culture for Bank First. So how is it like logistically? And I know there's a lot of, you know, people are uncertain about share. Is it going to cost more money? How's it work in terms of arrangements with communication? So how do you work? And obviously, that you're in a unique position. But you've also got a business together. Yeah, yes. Which, yeah, we always laugh that like, oh, we've, we've entered into a work marriage. <laughs> Look, so just so, like I really love getting kind of granular about the job share. And it's interesting because I've actually never worked part-time in an organisation before. And I, I, I did want to add, you know, statistically, job sharing at an executive level is incredibly unusual. Mm-hmm. But... I have had way more um, confused, snide, how interesting conversations at barbecues about working full time as someone with with young kids. Wow! Yeah, so I, I did want to say, which is this is so funny because this is a podcast about flexible work, but you know the traditional 
family in Australia right now, the Australian Institute of Family Studies research and the census, I think as well, had the same result, which is there's a mum that works three days a week and there's a dad that works full time, you know, and there's a, there's a mum that takes the parental leave and that, you know, for 12 months and there's a dad who takes two weeks. So that's your kind of traditional family structure. And honest, like working full time, it was always so much easier and there's great reasons to work part-time and I'm really, we have lots of people on our team who work part-time. This sounds like, oh, I, I, all my friends work part-time. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm really supportive of and an advocate for flexible work, but I do think, I do wonder if there's maybe a few people listening to this who have just never considered full-time as an option. Cause I do think that we it's very socially expected that you'll have a baby and you'll enter into this part-time arrangement. And workplaces aren't doing a really good job of that. No. Of design flexible work. And I, I like to use the project management philosophy to designing flexible work, which is you're thinking that your role, your role is just a set of duties that someone has made up at some point. And working people and culture, I get to see how organizational structures are just Gen- genuinely like a figment of our imagination because we change them all the time. And so if your role is just a set of duties, then with any project that you manage, you have time and you have scope and you have resources. So if that role used to be 40 hours a week and now it's 30, like what are you doing with that other 10 hours? Yeah. Especially there's money there. So like, is that consulting? Is that admin support? Like, what is that? Where's that money going? Is it job share? And there's lots of different ways to job share, including like getting someone junior to step into that role on the day that you're not there. Is it timing? Like, are we going to look at what we do for the next 12 months and we're going to slow things down? Or is it scoping? Are we actually going to pull a few duties out of here and either not do them or reallocate them somewhere else? Because... The kind of cultural vibe that you should be so grateful to be paid 40% less and work the same amount of hours. Like we just have to stop putting out with that bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's actually crazy. It's funny how like at the moment I'm, you know, I work corporately three days a week, increasing that to four days next week, next, next year, because I'm just like, I'm trying to fit a five day role. So I was on mat leave, there was someone full time doing my role and probably not even still doing it you know, just because I've been in the company for a while. Yeah. And yeah, he was what he was doing in five days. I then came back and did three, but yeah. for exactly the same amount of money. Yeah. And we've got to, we've got to really look at, at role design and, and structure. But anyway, the job share. Yeah. So the kind of, the intricacies of the job share. So there's a few different things that are really useful. First is like, how are you going to work together? And what are the expectations of you as a team? Like, are you meant to be this like seamless human that knows everything? Like, am I meant to know everything that anyone's ever said to Michelle or not? Because if that's the expectation, a lot of time goes into handover and information sharing. And we've been really unpacking that assumption ourselves recently, but I really recommend being clear about like what the expectations are and, and kind of putting a recommendation about, hey, this is how we're going to work it. I recommend working across the job instead of kind of trying to split out everything from a task perspective between you. I think there needs to be some sort of fluidity. 
We do that in some really practical, tactical ways. So we use Teams in our organization, but, you know, Slack, other Google Drive or other things will be able to support with this. But we have a Teams or Trello. We have a Teams board that just has like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on it. Yep. And put in there, what's the, what's the urgent thing that has to get closed out on that day? And we... <laughs> And of course, you like just move little boxes around. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the kind of, you look at that and you go, okay, that's the one thing that I'm responsible for progressing today. And and being really disciplined about that because it's easy to, everything's important, but what's urgent. is critical. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing we started doing, which has been really useful is now we also have another board that has each of the team members' names on it and the things that we've delegated to them. Ah, uh, yeah. And that really helps us keep track of like th- things going out into the ether and making sure that they come back so that's really useful calendar management's really important and I do think a job share role really really benefits from some administrative support with managing a diary we've got some good flows so there's always like half an hour handover meetings in each of the transition dates And that leads me to the next thing we do, which is we actually have someone in our team who acts in our role on the Monday. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that for us was a really important talent management benefit. So we specifically recruited someone and we wouldn't have been able to secure him. Sorry, that's such a hard HR way to talk about people, isn't it? We wouldn't have been able to recruit him without access to this, you know, um, higher duties that he gets to do once a week. And so he, he's built into our flows as well in that, so he does the Monday. So on the Friday, I make sure we spend half an hour together at the end of the day going, this is what I'm seeing might come up. And these are things I need you to access. He has access to our like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday board as well. And then when we're both back in on the Tuesday, we have a little, we have a half an hour hand over with him about what happened yesterday. What do we need to know? And then the other thing we're getting better at is not duplicating at meetings. So executive board and, and our team, our team stand up once a week is where we duplicate. And then we try not to duplicate in any, in anything else. And that's been a bit of a discipline that we're still working on. And it wasn't, when we first started the role, there's so much information gathering that we, we did spend a bit of duplicative time. And that question you asked at the start, Karina, about you know, you do you do pay more for these roles. Like this is a 1.2 FTE. We're working with an organization that's going through a transformation. And I think the one benefit that's really unique, specific to that transformation is like the mental load that we can carry across two of us is actually quite expanded. Yeah. There's not just that full time and, and what you get of, you're getting so much more. And I, do you both have different skill sets? Yeah. So that's the other thing that we really get is this kind of almost unicorn of skill sets mixed together. So I've I've got this legal background that is incredibly useful from time to time. I always joke that that means I get the shitty work. (laughs) I get a lot of OHS questions. And then Michelle's got, you know, this deep culture background, but she also has 20 years in financial services. So you can't, like in this particular job, you put those two things together and there's not you know, there's not a heap of people available in the market that have both of those things. Yeah. And then you get different perspectives. Yeah. 
Which is interesting. So I want to talk a bit about leading the team now across two people. Mm. And we're a bit trial and error in this. And and those different perspectives, I think, can be a, f- a source of frustration to the team. <laughs> <laughs> but we really frame it, and I think it is true for them, which is, so normally what happens in people and culture is like you do some work and because you, in a, in a support function, almost all of your work has this organizational lens across it. So it's really common that, you know, the function does a lot of work and then you kind of push it up to the executive team, which of course then you have like 10 different perspectives yeah. on it. So we like to work with them on, hey, getting our two different perspectives, which we really work on as being a build, not a conflict. We're very aligned in our philosophy about people and culture and about leadership specifically. It's just an opportunity to like grow your skills in an expanded way, but also get this perspective now rather than at the track level. Yeah. Look, which is people know what they've they've signed up for, but I think there's I think like anything that our team would find that to be beneficial on some day and deeply frustrating on another day. (laughs) We have actually, now the thing that really always stuffs you up in job share is like the systems can't handle it. So like there's only one person who can be the contract owner and there's only one person in the performance management system who can approve the leave and, um, you know, there's, so, so what we've done from a leadership perspective is we've actually had divided the direct reporting for the purpose of that formal stuff. So for the one-on-ones, for the performance reviews, but being really clear that we work across the team. So the team will work with us on different things. I, I reckon for me, that's a watch area of like, I don't know if that is the best way to do it. It's got clarity to it. It's got a lack of duplication, but we're actually wondering if maybe in the, then the next cycle we might swap. Yeah. Because of course that you do, it does mean you have more visibility over a certain part. Yeah. And then that way you can actually see the whole team as what you said, yeah. you're working across the whole company. Yeah. So that, that is, that is tricky. I can see other ways, which is where you like alternate kind of week on, week off. You could do you could do that stuff together. I, I think that that would potentially um, really eat into your available time. And it just, I mean, we've got a really high-performing, really engaged, really capable team. So that means that's not where we need to put deep time. But yeah, that's how we, that's how we run it. And the other key thing about working together which we had a real leg up in because with the work that we do, we have each done like seven, eight different personality profiling tools yeah. across our careers. And we've actually trained in like three of them together. So we had this really shortcut knowledge of each other's preferences. Yeah. And we're actually very complementary in our preferences. So that's a huge benefit for solving problems because of unique perspectives, but it's also got like high risk for conflict. So we're pretty well practiced in really acknowledging and being clear about the thing that the other person brings. But if that, I would really recommend job share partners do some sort of, it doesn't matter which one, but, you know, do, do a, do a profiling tool 
understand your own result, result and then really work through what does that mean together? Mm. Like I, ideally with a coach or a debriefer, because it will just tell you your watch outs. Yeah. And actually see it. Yeah. And like yeah. for us, pace is a really big thing. Like I'm very, I'm very, I'm very like quick and decisive in my decision-making action oriented and Michelle's very considered and reflective. And of course that gets you a really good result. But that, like, there can be tension in that. Yeah. And that's just, like, there'll be a hundred of different examples in different partnership arrangements. But that, though, those are the things where you really want to think of, I, you re- I really want need to and want to think of her reflection, reflective consideration as being such a benefit to our partnership and to the team because those are the things that are really easy to be frustrated by. Yeah. But if, if you're, you're aware like, of it, you then know how to manage it. Yeah, absolutely. How did you both find each other? Because sometimes in a, in a job share arrangement, people said, I'd love to do a job share, but I can't find anyone. How did you two come across each other that then form that, I guess, both a business relationship and also then a working relationship? Yeah, we, we worked together previously and in not in a traditional job share arrangement, but in kind of equivalent seniority, if you put it like that, because I was running a team and I had said to my boss, I really need help with the learning side because I don't have deep expertise in in learning. And it was part of the remit. And so we we brought in this consultant. <laughs> it was Michelle. So that's that's where we that's where we met. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of curious to, I mean, obviously knowing each other deeply has really worked for us. And I know lots of people have the perspective that that's necessary and there's huge benefits to it, but I don't, I don't know that it is. I kind of, I kind of bust that open a little bit. But she, and like every role has got a different unique thing that it needs. Yeah. And even the idea that lots of people have that you have to be at the same skill level it just depends. I mean, I can see that being true for some roles and, and what you always want to avoid in job share, whether it's because of style, philosophy, values, or skill that I call it, what do I call it? Advice shopping. <laughs> you want to, you want to avoid a situation where there's such a marked difference that people will wait for the next day um, to get what they need. Mm. but. You know, you can, especially in the four-day, one-day dynamic, you can definitely partner with someone who's not the same level of skill as you, like really seeing that as the development opportunity. I've got a really good friend who does this brilliantly. She rotates that every six weeks in the team. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's this really, this like real benefit to the team. There's a real, it's long enough that it that it's useful and, you know, that she gets really good coverage, but it's this really great breeding ground for talent yeah so there's lots of different ways to do it and you know if you do have I think it's always about kind of giving it a go I mean it's funny lots of the public sector is like well we've only got the cash for the three days a week so that's what it is yeah and I think for me it's about any part-time or flexible anything that's not full-time the key thing is like the coverage what is going to happen on that non-work day because if there isn't a good plan for that, you, you're really being set up to fail. Mm. And I, I think that people who want to work flexibly can be really involved in creating what that is. Um, I don't know that an organisation is going to kind of be really good at solving that problem for you. You're probably best placed to do it. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of expectations. Sometimes we think, oh, the employers or the organization is going to have the answer where sometimes they don't really know themselves and they're maybe even navigating it for the first time. So if you come up with, like you've done, come up with a proposal, come up with a suggestion, probably nine times out of 10, they'll actually endorse what you're proposing because they don't know any better and they may not have had the experience either. Yeah, and unless you've got, you know, teams of people where you've got lots of people doing the same role, it's kind of typical in organisations that no one really knows the absolute nitty-gritty of your role except for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so the, um, I, I, you know, I've talked to people who've had very successful job share arrangements having never worked together previously. I would do two things with that. I'd probably have a time frame on that. Like, is that a 12 month arrangement? Is that like, what, what does that look like? And, or alternatively, or both also have a review period. So let's look at that every three months and then be clear, what are we going to ask ourselves in the review period? It's kind of, it's the prenup kind of idea, which is, Hey, let's, let's be clear about these things when we're both feeling, thinking well of each other (laughs) and not under stress. And then who are the key stakeholders in that review? Yeah. How's your leader's experience of it? How how does your team experience it? How do you direct how do your stakeholders experience it? Yeah. And and if things aren't working perfectly, which is really normal. Like the other thing I always put a nice lens on is like, what would this look like if there was just one person in this role? Yeah. Like there's plenty of single people who are not working perfectly. Yeah. And have think have feedback that, you know, should be given and tweaks to make in terms of how they're showing up and you know, walking through an organization. So that can be really, sometimes if I'm ever in my head about like, are we, are we meeting the standards and what should I do here? Thinking about what would happen if one person was in this role can be a really good frame to be like, oh yeah, that's, that's like people go and leave. Yeah. (laughs) No. Cause I think there's often this kind of like, oh, should you cover each other or what's going to happen when you know, one of you takes leave and, and it's like, no, just a normal person would just go and leave and there would be a gap and we would just deal with it like that. Yeah. And what's been the feedback like from your CEO and your board? So obviously this is probably one of the very first times that they've done this and in such a a senior leadership role as well. Has the feedback been quite positive and has it then rolled out into other parts of the organization as well? Like have you seen an increase in job share because of role what your role modeling in the organization that's a really good question it's interesting we don't get a lot of feedback around the arrangement very often which is I think a good sign that's a positive yeah sometimes yeah, yeah if you're hearing lots then it means something yes <laughs> there's definitely like different people have you know this is the classic part-time thing which is like I can't remember what your work days are yeah so we had we Based on that feedback, we did start just dropping into teams to be like, I'm in today. (laughs) You know, Shannon's on Monday. Like just kind of just, I think once people know that contemporaneously, and it's the thing about just kind of continuing to do the same thing and getting the same results. So we could have been like, oh, it's on the email signature and we've told you. (laughs) But no one ever looks at that email. Yeah, no, that's fine. Like I, you know, 
you get a bit of amnesia about if I had a start and remember going on leave and she'd been very clear about it. And we talked about it heaps. And the day before I was like, oh my God, you're going on leave tomorrow. <laughs> no, you're just like, no, you know, we're kind of mostly thinking about ourselves most of the time. So that, that'd, that'd been a good piece of feedback about, can you, can you help us with that a bit more? We have been watching for advice shopping, like, um, we always laugh that you'll get the same answer from both of us, but like Michelle will make you feel better during the process, you know, and so we do like we do watch for that and talk quite openly with our colleagues about that and that dynamic. We just had a board member the other day say to us, I've never seen two people like work so kind of seamlessly together. And I do, you can, you could definitely credit that to the length of time that we spent together, which is, I mean, in the scheme of a career, it's not that extensive. We've probably known each other for about four years. You know, this is not a lifetime of working together. And I do really credit that far more to the work we've done on personality and preference profiling. Mm, so you've got to know each other at a deeper yeah. level. What makes you tick rather than just at a surface level yeah. and understanding it? Look, and it makes sense as well that that's a board feedback because the board arena is where you know the topic you know, it's part of the role to prepare for it. So, I mean, sometimes you get some curly questions, but you t it tends not to be. I don't know that our executive colleagues would feel that same way because they will tend to put things into the room that we've never talked about before. So they probably get more of the like, oh, do you think that? I would kind of look at it like this. And the other thing that I think was really interesting, which was I think came from our attempt to, you know, when we started kind of assuming that there was this expectation that would be this like seamless human being there was some feedback of like hey sometimes you guys like will it's like you see speaking secret language because <laughs> we'll be like do you want to or and don't forget like it is because we're pretty tapped into each other now and so there was like it was really interesting it's like could you actually tell us what it is that's going through your minds because it would help us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, because I'd really been doing that to being like, you know, because there's something about this two of you, like don't take up too much space, don't contradict each other, like all of these things that kind of comes from that assumption that you are meant to be like one person, kind of forgetting that the magic comes really from the different it. perspectives and experiences. Yeah. So that's something we've, yeah, that's been subtle, but we've been thinking about and working on well it sounds like it's going really successful at the moment so it's it's an arrangement that's working so is there anything you want to add just a little bit more on a job share we may not have already covered no that's something I love talking about so thank you so much for the opportunity to do that I, I hope I hope someone as long as one person's found it helpful that'll be Nothing. That's my philosophy with this whole podcast, as long as it's helped another person and do it. And I think definitely around job share, I think you've definitely demystified a lot of what people think about it and some of those challenges of how am I going to make it work and that seamlessness and things like that. You've definitely given a different viewpoint on how you can make it work and then some amazing tips and strategies. And then around the portfolio career, definitely the advantages and, and the benefits that certainly come from it. So Ellen, how could people get in touch with you in one of your many different hats that you wear? 
Yeah, excellent. So please connect on LinkedIn. I am relatively active on, on LinkedIn, so I like to share my thoughts there. And also, so at so Ellen Hooper, and then on Instagram at ellen.hooper.consulting, I think. And then the shameless plug, because we should all get better at promoting our things, please check out www.growthcollective.com.au. We have two awesome programs there, a strategic communications for emerging leaders program and the leadership fundamentals program that we run in person and virtually. So particularly we hear our Karina and I were just talking the other day, there's so many of you that return from parental leave into your first leadership role. And that's kind of like the, the childcare return to yep. everything I was talking to before. It's a new layer of complexity. So if that's you, come and get your employer to pay for you to come and join our program so you can feel really solid with those skills as you move through your, your leadership journey. Yes, definitely. Communication is a big part of that. And I think also as what you said earlier around knowing your purpose and how that certainly aligns to the organization is a really big thing as well. So sounds like an amazing program, which, you know, the more support you can get definitely as a new and emerging leader, it gives you just like I say, with returning to back to work, the more support you can have, it's that platform for success and same with leadership. So yeah, fantastic. And Karina, I've just remembered that I've got how to make part-time work actually work article you on do and I'm going to put that in the show notes so yes it's yeah. a fantastic article and you talk about your project management philosophy in that definitely around the output of hours so we will link to that in the show notes sounds good thanks so much for having my me. pleasure thank you so much Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.